0: In Arizona sports—the local sports leader. Weekly blast. DeAndre Ayton has played 50 minutes of basketball in the past two games, and he has shot zero free throws. When he grabbed an offensive rebound late in Monday's loss to the Heat, he immediately passed the ball outside to a teammate on the perimeter, and that moment, that snapshot, is partly why the Suns do not get a fair shake from officiating. They do not get a fair shake because they play a softer brand of basketball, because Devin Booker is the only guy who attacks the basket with any kind of physicality and they don't get a fair shake because of last year because of instead of working for their ticket to the foul line they played the foul hunting game trying to trick referees into whistles. Remember the Suns had a 13 point lead with 8 minutes left to go in last night's game and what I do not want and will not believe is there is some conspiracy holding us down and holding us back. What I do think is holding the Suns back at the moment is D.A., who finally brought some real energy to last night's game, but again disappeared in the fourth quarter, attempting only one shot. And a night like last night, ten field goal attempts is a big fail for a team that otherwise played a very resolute game. You really hope that D.A. doesn't have the late game yips after that night in Portland, but I think he has to start with small goals. One trip to the free throw line per quarter. Imagine what that might do to this offense, and that should not be too much to ask of a big dollar big with his kind of skill. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable two great locations. Find them online at chapmanbmw.com. I couldn't. You um, of those
1: last uh, second shots are, you know, when it's that time in the court I feel my arms, I feel like my arms couldn't go up and I only had one arm to get to get free and I felt like I was traveling to be honest. Like it was I was just getting slapped, I was being pulled, and I was in the paint. So I had to think fast and, and I just trying to get it out there, get it out of there quick. For DeAndre Ayton, critics, that quote, his explanation on why he didn't go up with that offensive rebound probably will not make them very happy. No. I fe- I was in the pain, I was getting slapped, I was getting pushed, I was getting held yeah, that's I, felt, exact, I felt I was traveling that's, that's why you, f- you probably try to force it, exploit it, exactly. hey Look at me! I'm going up for a for a game winning shot here, and I'm getting hacked. Yes, and put the onus on the official yeah. to blow the whistle, which they they may or may not have done. Compared, uh, you know, depending on uh, how you view last night's officiating. Um, when you said that, all of us in the studio all did the same like motion, <laughs> like the flailing up motion that he could have done. Yes. Well, that's, yeah, that's
0: yeah that and that that's where it starts because in that situation, that close to the basket, your big as has got to seize that moment. But again, we've so recurring topic with the Andre and, and I think we all have to face the reality that the quantum leap may not be coming. No, that, that, that we just might have to just be very happy with what we get from him and just understand that he's just not built to be that guy.
1: You brought up, you know, in, in a quarterback discussion in the previous segment in Dallas, Texas, they're talking about Dak Prescott year six. When's it going to happen? Kyler Murray in Arizona year four. When's it going to happen? Uh, We got a promo running for Burns and Gambo uh, where they're asking the question about your regression with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Ayton. From that standpoint, it's very clear. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton is not a fan of of initiating contact or no. playing through contact.
0: No, he's I, not, and I don't think it ever is going to happen. And I think he's uh, he's been particularly. Soft. I don't think he was soft last night I until don't think the end so. of the game. I don't think so either. I thought he. I was really really happy with him until the fourth quarter. And he again, had eight I, offensive rebounds yeah, last night. He was playing with energy around the basket. He was dunking. Yeah. And, and and it was the kind of stuff that I like. But then in the fourth quarter, it's just he, it, he's got on nights like last night when he has it. He's got to shoot the ball more than 10 times. He was eight of 10 from the floor. You got to double that give him 20 shots. And so, okay. So, so I think right now I look at this basketball team and I know last night's game emotionally was a tough game to lose because of the officiating numbers because Devin Booker getting rejected, snuffed out by Jimmy Butler at the end by that last possession that was a little ragged. I I, I actually walked away from last night's game feeling really good about what I saw. I for this Damian Lee key kid is is looks to be for real. He's been uh, he's been really he's good. He's been really good. Uh Jock Landale, Jock Landale. <laughs> Dale Cam, <laughs> Jamal, he, he's been really good. Dwayne Washington Jr., who we had on this program, who was a delight to talk to. Man, I, I, I hope he can do what he did last night in sort of like a Vinnie Johnson microwave role. Yeah,
1: I like that kid. Look, Landry Shamet is is on the shelf right now with the concussion. Landry Shamit has been under the microscope now. Going on his, it's his second year with the Suns, and and he has a role that's defined for him. But has he lived up to that role specifically and consistently? No. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for offense off the bench, Dwayne Washington can score. Oh, we know this. Yeah, he had 31 points in a preseason game. Yes, he also had 10 turnovers, which he pointed out to us on the interview that we did. He could put the ball in the hole. Can he do it consistently? It's it's I a hard know, role but, to grow into when I you count like it him. on from from for, for bench production every yeah, single night.
0: But I know he can shoot the basketball. I, I listen. Stranger things have happened, and and I know that James Jones has got a a, a personal interest in making Landry Shamet work because he's the guy. That gave him the money before he even got here, but but I like Dwayne Washington Jr. better than I like Landry Shamit. Now again, this is just a very small, a small sample, small sample. But but I'm
1: being honest. Dwayne here. Being Washington real. Jr. was good in Indiana last year. Yeah. Dwayne Washington jr. was let go by the Indiana Pacers because they had to clear space to prepare a max offer for DeAndre Ayton how about that <laughs> yeah That's the
0: I, I last night's game for a basketball team that was missing three of their top six players from a year ago they were given the heat all they could handle. They were up by, again, they were up by 13 with eight minutes to go in the game. And I'm like, this is something yeah, else. Yeah, when Craig
1: got that put put back to put him up 13, no. I thought at that point the game was over. Credit to Miami, because they flipped a the switch at that point, and they, they played did. a lot tougher defense. And the Suns kind of folded up offensively at that point. They did. They really wilted under they that did. defensive yes, pressure. Yes, they did. Campaign did not have a good shooting night. He had no. one of those evil campaign four Four for 17. 17. Yeah. He
0: took seven shots in the fourth quarter, which yeah. is probably a little high for That's him. That's too much. Uh, too many field goal attempts from campaign. Too many minutes for Tory Payne, uh, Tory Craig. The last couple of games, um, thirty-three and, minutes. Yeah, and and it's, I thought Tory was great last night too. He had yeah. seven offensive rebounds. Yeah, no, he's he's <clears> been he's been better than I thought with this expanded role. But it still seems to be way too chunky. But for a team that doesn't have Chris Paul, that hasn't traded Jay Crowder, that is missing Cam. Johnson, it, I I actually felt kind of optimistic about what happened for most of last night's game. Now, the end of it, they got God. Miami is a very good defensive team. Even that last possession, the, the Suns tried to set a couple of screens. Miami just broke down the whole play. Yeah, they, Miami's defense controlled pretty much that entire last thing, and which is why D.A. has got to get that offensive rebound and go right back home with it.
1: But I want to say this one last thing on the free throws. There were seven games in the NBA last night. Again, the Suns as a team shot four free throws in a 48-minute basketball game when their opponent shot 25. There were seven games in the NBA last night. So it's not a very heavy schedule. Yeah. 29 players in those seven games shot more free throws than the Phoenix Suns. 29 players shot more free throws than the Suns. Yeah, it's not good. I'm, I'm real the, curious um, to see what the result of James Jones and Monty Williams so, alerting the league is going to be on that.
0: Yeah, and, and maybe the league will will come back and say, what what exactly do you have an issue with? To show us exactly the plays where you oh. think you deserve calls from. And I know in the middle of the game, there was a series where you're like, come on, man. But it's it, here's the chart I was telling you about. This is kind of ironic because this is a recurring issue here. And... It, According to Tom Haberstroh from Basketball Illuminati, he has got the he has got the Lakers and the Suns tied for attracting the best record the best referees in the NBA. I'm going to send this thing to you because he did this big deep dive. I don't know if his analytics are right on this. I don't even know if this makes any sense to me. But but they've got the Suns and the Lakers at the top in terms of getting the best refs. Wow. He makes the case that Golden State always gets the NBA best ref. So do the Knicks. They always get the NBA's best refs. The teams that get the NBA's worst refs, Orla- Charlotte, Detroit, Orlando, Cleveland, Oklahoma City, San Antonio. So... I don't know what it means. It I, just
1: depends on if you believed believe in the concept of oh, NBA's best yeah. refs. Yeah, no, that's
0: you're you're right about that. I, I'm I'm not going to say that discrepancy isn't an issue. On paper, no. that looks ridiculous. It does, and in practice,
1: it was it was ridiculous too. Was it overcomable? Absolutely. The Suns could have won that game despite that differential. Have you subscribed to the Bickley and Murata podcast? <clears throat> Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android, and you'll never miss me clearing my throat on the air. It's the Bickley and Murata podcast. It's brought. To you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Coming up next, no Zach Ertz the rest of the way. And oh, by the way, Eno Benjamin now gone too. We'll get into some Cardinals headlines next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Oc Chin Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
2: Arizona
0: Sports, the local sports leader, Bickley and Murata Mornings.
2: Yeah, we'll see the next couple days how that plays out. Um, They're going to run some more tests and and probably won't be able to go this week, and and we'll just see where it goes from there.
1: That was Cliff Kingsbury with Wolf and Luke yesterday when asked about the health update on tight end Zach Ertz, and that sounded somewhat promising. Won't be able to go this week, but we'll see. Hopefully more tests, but later on in the day, uh, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network put it out there that it looks like Zach Ertz has suffered yeah. a season-ending yeah.
0: injury. Yeah, that's a shame because the early reporting from Adam Schefter made it seem like this could be a matter of weeks, not the end of the year kind yeah. of deal. So that's interesting. I think uh, what's of more interest is the Eno Benjamin Mm -hmm. situation and and what this is all about. Um, If there was some sort of verbal confrontation or outburst, inappropriate outburst, insubordination from Eno Benjamin, you would presume the HBO cameras have it on film. Yes. So you would presume that we would be seeing that this week. I'm very curious if we will. Like I said earlier – Half joking, we signed up for hard knocks, not soft knocks and and there's there's been real fur flying around this football team they They chose not to include anything of the Patrick Peterson outburst towards the owner and the general manager, um, even though it was quite hefty in yeah. scope and and magnitude and and, and they ignored that, which yes. is okay. Some people pointed out that they've treated Cliff Kingsbury very kindly, never pointing out that he was fired from Texas Tech. I'm not going to quibble with that. But Plus, this- it was
1: the first introductory episode. Exactly. Maybe yes, it was. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to quibble foundation. with that. But, but again, the Eno Benjamin situation, if they have it, we're not going to see it until next Wednesday. Oh, this, that's this episode that's will right. wrap up gonna, with the that, win over oh, the Rams. That's,
0: that's right. Okay, so uh, because this uh, none of this makes any sense now. Because Cliff Kingsbury, we've said this repeatedly. If there was one guy, Cliff Kingsbury was going out of his way to gas up during the off season, oh. it was Eno Benjamin
1: to the point where. Myself and you, two big Eno Benjamin fans, are like, "Wow, wow!" They love this kid. What is that what? for a guy who basically did nothing for this team for what two are years you outside of like one run that yeah. got him the angry run scepter on Good Morning Football? You're like. This is going to be a big role for him. Yeah, If and the- this is nothing more than Eno Benjamin being upset that, that, hey, you leaned on me. I delivered when you needed me. Hell, I kicked off for you when your kicker got hurt for the first of, I don't know, 3,000 straight injuries. <laughs> he should want to play more.
0: Should he not? I forgot about that moment. That moment was so great. That was one of the great moments of the season when Eno kicked off that scud and then made the tackle. That was one of the great moments. Yeah, it was one of those "What can't he do?" moments, right? Exactly. And so, so to me, it and he was really good um, in in one of those spot starts. He he wasn't so great a couple weeks ago, and now James Conner is back. I get it, and and I get that James Conner should get the preponderance of carries, but what I can't Get away from is is all these communication issues that are plaguing this football team. When you talk about players who are asking for clarity, who yes. are asking, "What is my role on this team?" Andy Isabella to the and and again, it, his productivity didn't match his attitude. But Andy Isabella was fit to be tied.
1: Went on record after the preseason and said, "I
0: feel like they turned their back on me." Yes. And Greg Dorch, what a Dortch! What a Dortch! Who was one of the breakout performers. Suddenly he's like, hey, what, what, what's happening here? Did his
1: best to carry the team while D-Hop was out. Yeah, and then lost his lost Completely his out of the rotation. And then
0: A.J. Green went out of the rotation. And then he came back in the rotation. And then he was gone again. Robbie and then Anderson, was back again.
1: Robbie Anderson's been here for three weeks. His snaps went from 50-plus in the Seattle game to I think he played one or two.
0: Against the Rams,
1: yeah, still learning the playbook.
0: Yeah, give them time. And, and we we know we know that. Look, there's no offensive coordinator on this team. No, there's no running backs coach on this team. No, so there's there are some serious breakdowns in the chain of command here. Look, and, and somebody's got to be handling that from a job description
1: standpoint. I just went to the official website of the Cardinals to see if anybody absorbed that as a job title mm-hmm. on their official coaching staff page. There is not a running backs coach. Uh, the offensive coaches: Sean Jefferson, associate head coach, wide receivers; Kenny Bell, chief of staff, offensive assistant; Mike Bercovici, offensive assistant; Steve Hyden, tight ends; Brian Natkin, assistant, offensive line; uh, and uh, Connor Singer, the Bill Bidwell Fellowship, and he's working with quarterbacks. So there's not a dedicated running backs coach right now. How much that factors in? I don't know, I know. This communication. I, I don't know. No, Eno Benjamin. It's safe to assume that he was pissed off about his role. I'm real curious to see uh, who picks him up.
0: At at, at that salary figure, he can help a team down the stretch. And and I'm not saying the Cardinals didn't do the right thing by releasing him because in that, I I think in Jalen Strong's social media reaction to it, I think he pointed out that with the intel he got from the horse's mouth, that he'll have no issue being picked up, as Sarah reiterated in the yes. Rush Hour reboot, yet Eno probably did cross a line. And the Cardinals didn't necessarily do a bad thing. The question is, though, did it have to get to that point? That's where the fail is. Yeah, opinion.
1: I mean, you can't absolve, if it went that far, you can't absolve Eno Benjamin. Look, he's a, he's a guy who wants to compete. He wants to play. I get that. Do you want to you know jeopardize your future employment you probably don't want to and i know i know kent summers tweeted about that too it was like his take was hey just you know Take it in stride. Try to get back on the field. Do your job. Um, which look, there, there's a lot of fairness in that mm-hmm. too. Without knowing exactly what went down, yeah. Right now, almost 24 hours later, it's it's a
0: it's well, still a weird story. This is and this to me is really going to test what I think is what I'm going to call the credibility of Hard Knocks and the viability and the editorial control they have in this. Because if there was something that juicy, they've they've got it. They've got it on film.
1: And is this we talked about? Hey, what's what's the editorial control the franchise has? That's you know what right. we're going to keep this one under wraps. Yeah. It wasn't a great look, yeah. and, we, and we don't want to jeopardize no, Eno right? around the league. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Well, but it's the first it time is, I've ever heard anything of of this ilk with Eno Benjamin in all the years he's been in this city playing
0: football, which is now six years. Right. Yeah, and this is clearly a guy <laughs> that they thought a lot of as a football player. Uh-huh. And so it's it, you you can't do that. You can't gas a guy up that like that and then just drop him and forget about him. So it's it's it it, it feels again like another one of these interpersonal failures.
1: Yeah, and right now there's a very poss- big possibility that Monday night you're looking at elevating one of those practice squad running backs to fill a spot when they had five out of training camp. How about and everybody went what are they doing? they got two on the active roster right now and a couple more on, on the on the practice squad. Uh, Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, Offspring, and more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just won on sale. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. Coming up next, we'll talk a little hockey. Our weekly visit with Shane Doan is straight ahead. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports. Sports leader, Arizona Sports, the
0: local sports leader.
2: Don't scores on the rebound.
0: Shane Doan. Shane Doan got a piece of it. I think this goal is going to go to the captain. Captain Coyote. Shane Don sets a one hopper on that. He scores. The captain
1: Coyotes legend Shane Doan up early to talk Coyotes hockey with Bickley and Murata. A shot by
0: Shane Doan. He scores.
1: Yeah, Coyotes are five games into their 14-game road trip. Uh, three and two so far after winning the first three. Uh, last two they've dropped. they got got uh, Vegas on Thursday night here to talk some Coyotes hockey with us. Chief Hockey Development Officer and legendary Coyotes Captain Shane Doan joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Do- Donor, good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, when we talk about, and we talked a lot about this road trip uh, last time we chatted, last week, 14 games, it, you know, crosses, crisscrosses the country, the continent a couple times. I'm assuming after that New York leg, the, the, the Coyotes got home for a few days before they went to Vegas?
2: Yeah. Yeah. The guys came home. Uh, yeah. They came home for a couple of days, uh, kind of refreshed. Did some get, laundry. Uh, <laughs> it's exactly. Get some laundry. Get, did some, get some things done. Say hi to their families and now they're gone again. Yeah, know, because, right? it's, just, it's a tough one.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking at the way this lays out, like starting in Vegas and then they go back east again. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they don't get back home until the, the Minnesota game before, uh, on, on the yeah.
2: 27th? Yeah, yeah. So it's... Uh, it's going to be a tough one. It's funny because these are the type of things that we laugh when we hear that the NFL has a short week. So,
0: <laughs> well, Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you should. And, and there are a lot of situations like that. I mean, hockey is, is almost as physical as football. Some people might say it is as physical as football. And you're playing every other night. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, what's yeah. the matter with you, and you people?
2: Tra- <laughs> and you travel to the East Coast, and I know that's always a tough trip when you go from the West to the East. So, but, right, a few times. <laughs> well, you, well, you got
0: two out of. Th- well, you got was it two out of those three games? Two, no, uh, three, three of the fir- three in a row, but three out of the five. That's what it Three yeah. in a row, but three out of the five lost to the Devils and the Rangers on the way out. Y- you said something last week, uh, Donor, that I, that I wanted to revisit because you had mentioned that Andre Turgny, Bear, as he is affectionately known, is one of the best coaches you. You have ever been around and given a player of your status and your magnitude in the NHL that's a pretty big statement so back that up tell us why you feel that way what is it about this guy
2: you know what it's it's fascinating that, and, and I think coaching in general is changing so much and it's becoming so much more of a understanding of the kind of the, the psychology of a player and the psychology of 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 the athlete and and how important that is and how to get the most out of each individual instead of just the collective group which if you do if you're capable of doing that then I think your your group's going to improve and yet at the same time bear walks that fine line of he is loved by everybody but he holds everyone accountable he understands he ho- he understands the the ability to get to know the players in a way that is genuine and meaningful and yet at the same time they all know that he will tell them the truth and and it, it, you know when you come across people in life that just seem to have that ability and it, i think it's a unique thing it's something that isn't It isn't just a happenstance. He he works at it and he does it and and applies himself to doing that. And he just does an incredible job of, of, of understanding human nature and both the 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 good side of human nature, where we kind of where we want to please people, and the bad side where we kind of want to cut corners. And he's able to to work that together.
1: Shane Doan, our uh, weekly guest every Tuesday morning here on uh, Bickley and Murata mornings, so looking at some of the players on the team uh, and, and coming back from a tough injury, Clayton Keller uh, at the end of last year big-time recovery, coming back, and he's off to a really good start offensively, tied for the team lead in goals with six. He's leading the team in assists. What kind of, uh, outside of just the recovery to come back from a tough injury like that, what have you seen from Clayton Keller this year, Shane?
2: Yeah, you know what, he continued where he was last year, which it was obviously with the type injury he had, uh, um, breaking your femur, and uh, and if you saw the, I saw the x-rays, and it's it was chilling when you saw him the the way that it was broke and the way that it is. It's it's more an injury you see in a car accident than you'd usually see in sports. And for him to come back and um, to put in the time and to put in the effort the way that he has to to get back to where he can be uh, able to play at the beginning of the year. I didn't. I don't think anyone questioned whether he'd get back. They just. I don't think anyone thought that he was going to be where he's at at the beginning of the year. And I think that's that's a huge testament to the to him him and to the trainers and to the willingness he, he was there was to kind of put in the work and get things done because that, uh, that was that's hard and, and psychologically too the, the ability to just you know you're driving the net again and you know what happens you know just not even a year ago and you, you have to drive the net and when you drive you have to kind of put that out of your mind to, to be willing to do that again and, uh, and he, he seems to be able to do that and it's been fun to watch
0: all right, did one of the things for the season's been a bit up and down, but the Coyotes have been pretty good at the power play this year. Why has that been?
2: Well, I think there there's some fundamentals in the power play, and when you when you stick with those, that you have you have success. I think Corey Stillman's doing a great job. Um, it's been funny because you. If you look at the group that's really had a lot of success, not that it's just them, it's the young guys like it's a, we have a we have a power play group with michelli and Valamacchi, gunther Krauss. And hating, and that group has been scoring, it seems almost every game on the power play. And, uh, it's fun to watch those guys move the puck and they're moving the puck around. And it's just like anything in sports, when you start to believe that you're good, <laughs> it works. And, uh, I don't know how come, I don't understand. It's like hitting, I guess, where hitting's contagious. And, you know, one guy starts to get hot and then it drags a couple other guys in. And when the power play, when you go out on the ice and you believe that you can score And that you're going to score. The chances of it happening are so much better, and it's and you just got to stay on the right side of that. And watching the guys play, you got to give a huge credit to the coaching staff, and then to the guys that are they're sticking with it and they're they're playing as a unit. And I think that's probably the biggest the biggest uh, asset is that there's really no egos in that group and they're they're making sure that they move the puck
0: around really quick uh, that's good to hear alright the team's going to get some reinforcements coming up one of them is defenseman Jacob Chikrin who obviously is very talented but he also does not want to be here uh, how, where do you think this thing is going to go is he going to come back from that injury play some games kind of get in the conversation and and then maybe a move gets done how does this thing play out given the circumstances
2: <laughs> yeah that's uh, you know what? It's it's been a unique situation, obviously, when he got hurt. Uh, I think back in March, um, he, he got hurt. I think right around the same time Clayton Keller did, mm-hmm. so that was tough. But um, yeah, for him to come back, play, get healthy, and uh, and get playing again is—I mean—it's in his best interest, and it's in our best interest, and we want him to. You know, we know how good Chick is, and he, how valuable he is, and how how good of a player he is. And hey, if it works out, we'd love for him to stay here because he's somebody that it's hard to find defensemen that are capable of doing what he's doing so um it's one of those things that will probably just kind of play it by ear and you, you you really count on somebody um to just come back and be ready to go and i think that's what chick's plan is and he's a great young man and uh, i really enjoy him i got to play with him and know him when when we played together and uh i'm a big fan and sometimes the business of hockey is what it is but mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're just gonna we're gonna hopefully get them back and get them playing for us and help us win some games.
1: Shane Doan, our guest. Before we let you go, I got to share my experience. I made it out to Mullet Arena on Friday to watch the uh, Sun Devils. Saw your son score oh. a goal against <laughs> Alaska Anchorage five straight. Great environment and the team is gelling. I'll, just I'll give you a little time to gloat as a dad right now, Shane.
2: <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was. Uh, they're on a little bit of a hot streak right now. They've I think they've won uh, six of their last seven, yep. and they got a big weekend coming up against Clarkson. The arena is incredible. They've done a great job. The student section's so fun, and they get all swaying and and they get into it. And I think uh, it's just a uh, as a as a college hockey player that'd be a pretty fun environment to play in and they got a great group of guys that uh are having some success their goaltender tj has been so good i cannot say his last name it goes from his elbow <laughs> on one side to the elbow on the other side like it's crazy i'm gonna, I'm gonna attempt it, it.
1: symptom Felter. Yeah. yeah hey there you go that's TJ. Quite, <laughs> yeah that would be a that'd be a big scorer in scrabble
2: That would be huge. I would have like failed grade one, two, and three, because I just wouldn't have been able to spell my own name on anything. So so he's, he's, uh, he's been great for them. And they got a, they got a really good group of players that are having a lot of fun. And and Greg Powers and the coaching staff have done a good job. they win this weekend, and then that sets them up for uh, Minnesota comes to town, which would be Logan Cooley and uh, Matthew Nyes. Who, Maddie Nyes played here in town with Josh, and then Logan Cooley was drafted by the Coyotes with their third overall pick the following weekend. So it's going to be it's this weekend will be big, and then the following weekend will be huge as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, very cool, Donor. Always good to talk to you. We will uh, chat again next Tuesday. All right, sounds good, guys. Go, Thank thanks. you, Shane Doan, Coyotes legend, chief hockey development officer. He joins us every Tuesday here on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, we'll talk about another ASU team. The men's basketball team will be joined by the head coach of the Sun Devils, Bobby Hurley. Straight ahead, it's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
0: This is the Sun Devil Fast Break with ASU
1: men's head basketball coach Bobby Hurley. The Sun Devil Fast Break is presented by Arizona Ford Dealers. The yeah, Sun Devils getting ready to hit the road, go to uh, Brooklyn for a couple games in the Legends Classic. Here to talk about that, and what's going on with ASU hoops. Their head coach of the Sun Devils, Bobby Hurley, joins us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Bobby, good morning. How are you? Good guys. Hope good morning. Uh, you know, going back to, to last weekend, um, you know, a tough one. You lose in overtime to Texas Southern, and and you know, obviously the shooting not where you want it to be. Would would you say that that was the biggest issue in that game? Uh, falling short to Texas Southern was just the lack of, of shot making when you needed it, Bobby.
3: I mean, I would say that uh, the biggest problem was was our lack of rebounding, and, and we had really rebounded the ball well the first two games, and uh, gave up fifteen offensive rebounds. Uh, against Texas Southern and, you know, none bigger than the last tip in at the buzzer Mm -hmm. to lose. So um, kind of back to the drawing board with that. And we wanted to keep reminding the guys that, uh, you know, we need to continue to do that at a a high level. So I thought that was was, uh, the primary and biggest issue. The other thing was just you know how we finished the first half. We had a twenty-eight to twenty lead uh, with a minute left. Uh, we allowed them outscore us four to zero in that last minute, and then uh, to start the second half, Texas Southern went on a 7-0 run. So we had, uh, I believe, given up uh, eleven straight, and uh, and found ourselves down when uh, you know we had an opportunity to get some separation from our opponent.
0: Now, obviously, shot making was an issue for you guys on Sunday. It was an issue at times last year as well. Vinny and I were talking. Is the art of shooting the basketball, is it suffering in the college game? Because we you watch NBA games, and as Vinny pointed out, yeah, every team is, just seems to be loaded with really good shooters, and yet college games, you're, you're seeing a lot of... A lot of clunkiness from the perimeter. Or or maybe maybe we're wrong about that. We're gonna ask your thoughts on that. Well I mean I think it's
3: it's something that we could uh, we could fix. It's fixable. You know, I think uh gotta get a couple of guys going. Uh, Des Cambridge was the guy that we brought in from transfer from Nevada that averaged sixteen points a game. Last year with third team Mountain West, and you know he's got the potential to, uh, to to score for us and make shots, and he just hasn't gotten it going yet. Uh, he's in a, he's been in a little bit of a different different role coming off the bench initially, and then dealt with the minor knee issue versus Northern, and we got him back on Sunday, but he just looked out of rhythm to me. So I think there's uh, that would be an instant. Uh, help as far as our offense. But the overall is, uh, I think our opponents have contributed to, to that as well. The Tarlington was very scrappy defensively, disruptive. I think Texas Southern was similar. You know, Northern, uh, we were we were pretty efficient at that end of the floor. So certainly we have to get better at that. But our defense has got to be there for us uh, while we while we've been struggling.
1: Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Sun Devils, our guest every uh, every week here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, going back to the first time we talked to you uh, this year, kind of previewing the season ahead, Bobby. You talked about one of your new players, Frankie Collins, the transfer from Michigan, um, and you, you labeled him as a great pass first point guard, and he's been good, leading the team in assists, but. He's also been really good scoring the basketball too. Your leading scorer, he's taken more shots than anybody. Um, is that by design, or is this uh, Frankie picking up a bigger chunk of the offense out of necessity? I mean, how would you assess that through three games? I would say
3: that that Frankie, uh, everything he does is about trying to win, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of one of the things I love about him. Is. Uh, You know, when when the game's on the line and the chips are down, you know, he's just out there trying to make plays to help us win. So I think the additional shots he might have taken in our last game, I think he had 14, Uh 7 for 14. Um, Some of that has to do with him trying to get to the basket, trying to get fouled, trying to get us a win. Um, but, but overall, I think, uh, as, as a guy like Des Cambridge gets comfortable and DJ Horn, I think he's going to have guys that he could get the ball to and, and there'll be a good balance, but I I could, I could still have a vision for Frankie being able to score the ball because he's super athletic and he can get to the basket.
0: All right. The Arizona Cardinals just beat the Rams and now you guys got a shot against VCU tell us about, uh, their opponent. What, what problems do they present? Well, I mean they have a
3: culture there that that is uh you know, predicated on pressure and, and havoc and uh and, and trapping. So I mean we've had a taste of that already, two of our three games. That's been the type of opponent. This is just you know, these uh they're just more talented than those two other teams, Tarlington and, and Texas Southern and they're gonna try and pick up and trap and uh and create turnovers and uh they've got a really good point guard Ace Baldwin. Um, so we're going to have to contend with him, so I, that matchup with Frankie Collins is going to be an excellent one. I mean, I could see it being a rock fight, kind of, um, because of how well they guard, and I think we've been guarding pretty well, too, so I think uh, points could be hard to come by, and You know, we just got to buckle down and and, and play some elite defense.
1: Now, in these two games coming up in Brooklyn, VCU, and then either against Pittsburgh or Michigan, I understand uh, Marcus Bagley, who missed Sunday. He won't be available, and I know it's early in this process. Do you have any kind of timetable for for a hopeful return for for Marcus, Bobby?
3: I don't, and I wish I could give you more. He's not on the trip. We just... uh... You know we've uh, we've been here. At, at, we went from Houston right to New York and uh, had a chance to practice yesterday at the uh, at the Nets practice facility, which is amazing. Uh, and uh, we're, we're we're heading to practice here shortly again, and uh, just getting ready for these two games. So we'll be able to. I'll give you more information on that when we talk next week. Uh, about his availability long term.
1: We also talked in our, our initial visit, and I, I wasn't here last week. But um, you know, when, when we first talked to start the season about depth uh, being something, uh, you know, increased depth over the, your teams of the past. As a head coach, how challenging has it been through three games to come up and carve out playing time for all of these guys, even knowing that you don't have your full complement of players just yet, Bobby? How, how, how tough yeah, has that been the rotations
3: on you? I have been decent. You know, I. I uh, don't have I didn't have a ton of issues I mean if we had every guy healthy it would have been a problem Mm -hmm. potentially just uh, and and there would have been a guy or two that you know might have got squeezed but it's uh, it hasn't happened due to the reasons we've you know we've discussed so uh, I think uh, there's nothing really new from you know what we put out there on Sunday uh, to to what we're going to do with VCU I think uh, there's just going to be more it's going to be a more demanding game for our point guards you know Frankie Collins and and Austin Nunez, who I was very happy with, he, uh, he he played very well, I thought, on Sunday in his return to the state of Texas. He's from San Antonio and he's a freshman and made some big shots in the second half and Really played his butt off on defense, so um, excited about what I saw out of him, and he's going to have to be ready to play because of uh, obviously BCU's pressure.
0: I think high school basketball, college basketball, it is so cool around the holidays, whether it's Thanksgiving or Christmas, and, and when you have these kind of little mini tournaments, it's it, it's really kind of a special thing. What what can this kind of environment, even though it's a, this is a, a four team, or what, what can this kind of atmosphere and this kind of structure, all of this, what can it do for a team in your opinion, if any?
3: well I mean it was uh, it was a heartbreaking loss and, and, and we don't expect to lose games like we did on Sunday so the morale of the team was very low but, uh, but we watched film yesterday here in Brooklyn and you know we got to uh, go to practice at, at the nets practice facility and it's, it was an amazing facility and you know, everyone perked up a little bit and then, you know, we went into Manhattan and everyone, you know, got a little more energy and, uh, and we had a nice dinner last night. So it's just uh, so much life here. Um, you know, we talked to the guys about just, you know, the, the magnitude of playing basketball in a city like New York, just with the history of the game. And, you know, it's like, if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. And, uh, so I think, uh, the guys are excited to, for the opportunity on, uh, on Wednesday to play on on an NBA, uh, you know the, the Nets court in Brooklyn, and uh, so we're, we're we're trying to turn the page and move on. I could sense the guys are getting excited for
1: it. Now it's not Jersey, but it's it's right there. So I'm imagining you got hit up for a lot of ticket requests. What did th- what did that demand look like, Coach?
3: Yeah, I'm kind of deferring to Luther Muhammad. He's uh, you know Luther's. You know, a Jersey guy as well, and he's on the team, so hopefully he's got some good support, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited. My mom and dad are going to be there. Awesome. I haven't uh, been able to coach in front of my dad and, and uh, since COVID, so it's uh, going to be really good to see him and uh, – Hopefully he'll give you some good vibes. He won a lot of games in his, uh, in yeah. his career as, as a coach. So
0: don't don't that get tossed from that fun. game, Bobby. Don't get ejected from that. <laughs> vibe. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> no,
3: I'm on my best behavior.
0: That's yeah.
1: right. That's right. Bobby, always good to talk to you. Best of luck in Brooklyn. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, guys. Thank right, you, thank man. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Our guest every week here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. Every day at nine o'clock, we dive into some social media. We call it social studies, and Sarah Cazell is going to take us through it next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.